Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Welcome to Irish Illustrated Insider, brought to you by Catanzary Financial Services. Two days before Notre Dame, Virginia Tech, I'm Tim Priester with Tim O'Malley and Pete Sampson. We have a ton to talk about. The Hokies, Notre Dame going into Lane Stadium. Uh, their record against uh, ranked teams, which is a little bit surprising here in the last decade. And then a whole bunch of questions from our readers in segment two. Virginia Tech is a, a we all know that they lost to Old Dominion. Terrible loss, 632 yards they gave up. I mean, they must have just absolutely not showed up that day uh, against an old Dominion team that was that was motivated playing at home. But they're a decent team, not a great team. They they are, have turned to their backup quarterback, Ryan Willis, who's a transfer from Kansas. Their running game struggles. They've been good against the run. They lost Trayvon Hill, their best pass rusher. Uh, was kicked off the team. Their secondary has been depleted. So, I mean, it's a tough environment to go into. We're all looking forward to seeing it. What do you guys think about Virginia Tech? Uh, you know, it's, it, I'm trying to think of a team that my opinion of has swayed as hard as it has in both directions since the start of the season. Uh, as Virginia Tech, from watching them on Florida State night, on, I think it was yeah, Monday night, Labor Day weekend, thinking like, wow, this team is legit and is going to be like every bit the Clemson-Florida State road trip that Notre Dame has had in the past, to losing to Old Dominion, to beating Duke, and now having a backup quarterback. It's um, I, I think I've, I've gone from a, a game that I, I don't think Notre Dame, not that they couldn't win, but wouldn't win, to thinking that they almost should win. And, I mean, Notre Dame has also had a, a major sort of correction in my perception of them over the course of the first month of the season. So it's... Um, I mean, going to Lane Stadium, this is a professional bucket list game for me. Um, I think for you guys, too. I, I'm fascinated to see what the environment is all about because I think Notre Dame goes in there with a extreme level of confidence, whether that is Ian Book talking yesterday about how it's going to be a fun night or Liam Eikenberg saying they're going to kick the shit out of them. So <laughs> there's a lot. Notre Dame feels really good about itself right now, and I think that is not – Insignificant. By the way, that was a direct quote. That was a direct Samson quote from, 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 Mike from Eichenberg. Yeah. Not not him just getting yeah. filthy here yeah. on our podcast. Yeah. Not filthy. <laughs> yeah. that's, that's, I never use words. Yeah. Anyway, Tim. I feel similar to Pete in that, you know, this was the game, and Tim, you picked them to lose as well as I did preseason. When you're going through a schedule, I think, yeah, you know, good team. Defense, for me, the defense was better than I thought they are going to be in camp. So I thought, I'm not moving off this 9-3. and three. I was thinking of going down. I'm glad I didn't, because now the offense is much better than I ever thought it could be from in mid-September, just a couple weeks ago. Right. Two games. Yes. Two if, games. If Brandon Wimbush, if they just won the last two games, 24, he would have beaten Wake pretty handily. If he'd beaten Stanford 21-20 in a dogfight that you watch and you're pulling teeth, I would be picking would Virginia Tech for sure this week with Absolutely. Brandon Wimbush. I am not, uh, spoiler alert, picking Virginia Tech to win this game, because Notre Dame's defense will travel. They are confident. And Troy Pride, I thought, he didn't say it best because Liam Meikenberg said it best, but Troy Pride <laughs> said Miami has absolutely nothing to do with this football team. It's well, a, I kind of believe him on the way he feels about isn't that. Isn't it interesting the way that the players sort of answered questions about Miami yesterday? Because, like, Pride was, like, almost offended. He was offended, yes, Offended yeah. that anyone asked about Miami, and then Cole Komet was like, yeah, Miami, that was loud. Boy, that was crazy down there, huh? Um, <laughs> Different personality. Yeah, so. it, um... <laughs> There, there's no doubt that Miami is going to have a lot to do with how Notre Dame plays on Saturday night. Um, yeah, having experienced, it, having like experienced a... that environment, I, I think that it will, it will help them. Um, but it, I, a lot comes down to how does Ian Book execute? How, how does the offensive line communicate? I mean, those, those are real world issues. Mike, offensive line tackles no bars. I think they can be affected by the atmosphere, not because they're nervous but because offensive linemen are affected by noise. That's just the way it is right. in these situations. I don't really consider Ian Book a guy that will be affected by it for more than maybe the first hit, but I do think players like Chase Claypool can miss an assignment in this situation. Alizé Mack 
in this situation who's nervous in the blue goal game. Uh, Dexter Williams blitz pickup when he just he was terrible against Stanford blitz pickup. But I will give him credit for not credit. I will give him this first game back. That's not what you're going to be good at when you're not good at it anyway. No. So hopefully he can improve a little. Freshman in there, Avery Davis. Those are the guys you got to worry about right, right now. Yeah, I, you know Ian Book. Um, I'm glad I was able to. You know, we got to bounce around from interview to interview. Guys are gone before you know it, and I had to. I got back to uh, book late and asked him about Bud Foster, and he basically said that going against a guy like that's fun. And when he said that, I felt even better about Notre Dame. I abs- I'm not picking. You know, I mean, I think you got you have to have a reason to pick Virginia Tech here, and other than the being a home field, which is a, a raucous crowd. I don't know what that is. Notre Dame's mid-September offense would have made me pick Virginia. Tech. Yeah, no, I, absolutely. And I and I although in the preseason I said Virginia Tech, I was all over beginning in early in the summer saying this Virginia Tech team is not as talented as either of the last two. I mean, they lost, they had they suffered losses similar to the way Notre Dame suffered draft pick losses to after 2015. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, you know, then you had an injury. Then you had uh, a guy getting kicked off the team. Now you had Trayvon Hill getting kicked off the team. I was not, I mean, I think I can accurately say I was not fooled by what happened uh, against Virginia Tech and Florida State. I was. but I was by but, the defense, yeah. Right, I, but, um, you know, I mean, you still have to say, okay, it's Florida State. They beat the crap out of them. You know, you can't, you can't deny that. Florida State just wasn't ready to play. I'm not, I don't want to downplay a 24 to 3 win over Florida State cuz Notre Dame has to play him and you know I mean who knows in November at that point but I didn't really like this I didn't like this Virginia Tech team in the preseason um there are some conflicting signs here they've remained you know pretty stout against the run the second best run defense Notre Dame has faced uh, with behind Michigan. Well, you would say that Duke's got a good running game, a good quality running game for a, a team that's not at Notre Dame's level. Yeah, they level. didn't run. But they... Florida State does not have anything, and Old Dominion didn't even try to run. That's two of their five games. Right. So that does affect and William the and Mary. And yeah, William, and Mary, William and Mary being the other. So right. I don't think I don't think that we have a really good handle on Virginia Tech. That's all I mean, I was all thinking. things right, all things considered, I think we have a really good handle on Notre Dame. Going to the situation, yeah, they expect to win. Um, they believe they're going to win, and they should because they do have the better football team right now. I think the Florida State game, what stands out probably in hindsight a little bit more is just I believe Virginia Tech was plus five in turnover margin. Yes, which, it was five nothing. Which, like in hindsight, you probably should have won more than twenty four three. Right. Um, their, off, their offense. They had less than four hundred. Yeah, they, they had less offense than Florida State had in that game. Yeah, so it's let me get the exact. I mean, it, that is sort of like a, a retrospective look at. It. You're like, yeah, okay, maybe things are not as they appear to be. Winning at Duke doesn't really do. They had three, well. three hundred nineteen yards total offense against yeah. Florida State. So it's, I mean, their their quarterback Ryan Willis is is an interesting story to me, but he is still Kansas transfer Ryan Willis, which yeah. I feel like is significant. With a bunch of interceptions yeah. at Kansas. The starting quarterback was probably the best quarterback Norton was going to face as a college developed player this year. What Josh Jackson? Yes, Josh yes. Jackson. As a who, college developed player, I mean, US, you can't who, go to USC. Who, by the way, broke his, he's the best quarterback you're going to face. Broke his you know, fibula against uh, Old Dominion. Yeah. So it, that's, I mean, that's different. That's. Is either that or KJ Costello, right? I mean, you're looking at not a great slate of quarterbacks. No, I mean, I like Shermer yeah. a lot. Yeah, well, that's true. That was right. he was probably. I guess if Shermer were on, you're right. Because if Shermer were on Virginia Tech, we'd be I thinking of this a little bit differently. Feel a little differently yeah. about yeah. this. That's one. valid. Um, you know, we've been talking about this week. Virginia Tech has not defeated a ranked team at home since '09. It's a that's a, it's a little deceiving. They've played. They've only played six ranked teams. Six ranked teams at home. One Since you're not going to beat in Ohio two State. Of them, two of them were, one was Ohio State ranked number one. Two of them were Clemson. One of them was a number eight Florida State a couple years ago. Uh, the two losses, North Carolina in North Carolina's Goodyear, I, I believe it was, and Duke. Um, so, you know, and, and they weren't getting, Ohio State beat them by 18, but Clemson was by 14 last year. I guess my point is, I'm not really sure how to read all of that. Because they played four, four of those six were really, really good teams. Uh, but the fact is, it's been nine years since they beat a ranked team at home. Yeah, I mean, it's a be another zoo environment for Notre Dame to get into. I mean, they're going to stripe the stadium like Oklahoma did. And they have a statue unveiling 
for Frank Beamer, which I, I mean, it was interesting to read some of the coverage of that um, from from the Virginia Tech beat, where that you know you could you could have done it against Miami in November, or you could have done it against Virginia, which is your big rivalry game at home, and you choose to do it against Notre Dame uh, for you know a non conference game in early October, which it says a lot about what this game is going to be like, I think, on Saturday night. And Virginia Tech, you know, as much as the environment might not hurt Notre Dame, we'll see. I do think it will help Virginia Tech out of the gate. No doubt about it. We shouldn't minimize the impact of the environment just because Notre Dame has played Miami and is confident and because Virginia Tech hasn't won in a while. I mean, what would happen if Virginia Tech had played the number one ranked Ohio State team without that environment? It might have been one of the most brutal, you know. And that sometimes, and we're probably going to get into this in questions when you talk about ranked teams and stuff, there's ranked teams like beating Temple on the road, and there's ranked teams like losing at Miami when they're number two in the country and they have the best defensive line in the history of college football. Like, there's ranked versus ranked. <laughs> this is, they've had some heavy hitters come in there. No doubt. Duke and North Carolina, that, that's not, I mean, you've got to be able to beat North Carolina uh, with your... Yeah, they, no, that, that, oh, that yeah. definitely, they were 12th, so they, that yeah. was definitely North Carolina's... Even that's not Ohio State coming in. You're not supposed to beat Ohio State. I think what I'm most interested to see, I mean, Tim, you mentioned the rush defense. They're fourth nationally in rushing yards per game and seventh nationally in yards per carry allowed. But, you know, it's... Maybe it's just a balancing act, but their pass defense has been... It's awful. It's 112. Incredibly suspect. Um, You know, averaging 7.9 yards per attempt. I mean, it makes me think that Ian Book is going to be able to sort of mix and match what he did against Wake Forest and what he did against Stanford, uh, whether it be intermediate or short throws. Um, and at that point, it comes down to just does the offensive line identify what Virginia Tech is trying to do from a pass rush perspective? Because one thing that was interesting last week for me as I was sort of breaking down the game was when Ian Book was blitzed, he was not – very good. Especially early um, in the second half yeah, is when they really They really got the some yeah. consistent pressure on him and that bogged down Notre Dame's offense. It, it was just it was a real struggle. Um so if, if Virginia Tech can extend that pressure over the course of the game, can they get a big mistake to happen? He was still seventeen for twenty four in the second half. Right. D- despite that that early pressure. So He's, I mean, he's really, really resourceful. And, you know, Virginia Tech doesn't have as good a pass rush as they did a couple weeks ago with Trayvon Hill, uh, who's Sean Gaines, whose mother apparently yes. passed away. Yeah. How did, how did, I mean, not that it matters, but. I'm not sure. Yeah, I, I don't know. So, I mean, the kid, you know, the kid's going to be playing with a heavy heart, obviously very motivated. He's their best pass rusher. And Tim, as you say, I mean, the communication on offensive line and, you know, we talked to Sam Mustafer yesterday, and I thought he said some really good things about Trevor Ruland in that the, the game of football is extremely important to him. He's very knowledgeable. The fact that he's a center by trade uh, forces him to be aware of what all five positions have to do. So they feel good from a from a um, knowledge base standpoint at left guard, but but he's not he's not Alex Bars, and I. My Thursday thoughts today. I mean, anybody that's underestimating the loss of, of did you see bars, that on the board though? To what this is nothing. Next man in. Alex, what? Alex Bars. I mean, come it's on. It's just ridiculous. It, it, it's you, you just it, that's just not the way it works. I mean, look at look at Stanford. Stanford's got a bunch of really quality offensive linemen, but they've had to change their starting uh, front five four weeks in a row. And you see where they are. Does that look like a normal Stanford offensive line? It's not. And that was a very highly projected. O-line in the preseason. The numbers on Ian Book against the Blitz. When he was Blitz last week, I had him for 4 of 10 for 15 yards. Okay, well, yeah. For, when not Blitz, 20 of 23 for 263. <laughs> yeah. Now, a lot of that's in the red zone, so there's not a lot of yardage to be had. And, and he did can, throw a couple touchdowns. And no, no defense can those, just Blitz every right. play. You're going to, you're against Ian Book, he will make you pay the price if if you consistently do it. But those those numbers are noted. Something to watch. Be. Yeah, no doubt about it. I like ruling a lot. I just think if Ruland was alternating with Tommy Kramer, pending the opponent, you'd be much better right. off with a healthy Alex Parks. The other There's... thing is they are they are young and inexperienced and a little bit shaky to inside linebackers, so sending those guys on blitzes That's a good point. won't necessarily get home either. I really I don't want to overstate Tony Jones, but he's the only guy on the team right now that can pass block as a running back. That's true. He's literally the only one that can absorb a human being coming at him and yeah. slow him down because now this I think 
not having Jafar Armstrong, they got the they got the huge boost last week with Dexter. It was like he didn't matter that you didn't have Jafar Armstrong because he came back. But Jafar they Armstrong need, and Dexter would be a nice they little need Jafar, duo right here. Yeah, <laughs> they need Jafar Armstrong back, and they're not. You know, it's going to be two more games. You need to get through this one. Pittsburgh, I know, is capable of jumping up and biting somebody, but they're not it. They, that now again, you want to talk about my summer evaluation? That is not a talented football. They don't. They don't have talent. All right. No matter what happens in this game, as Pete has said in the past. If they lose to Pitt at home this year, what, what are we doing here? <laughs> because they better lay into. Yeah, they're Pitt. not good. They're, I mean, they're 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 just flat lacking the talent that they've had the last. That's the years. only one left of the what are we doing here world. Yeah, it's a complete what are we doing here. Yeah, no question about <laughs> it. Okay, we uh, we're going to talk more Virginia Tech versus Notre Dame and Notre Dame's assets and issues going into this game in segment two, which is our burning up the board section. Catanzarit Financial Services is a safe harbor providing guidance to clients on anything that affects them financially, including retirement planning, asset management, and estate planning. Catanzarit Financial Services also leads retirement planning classes in South Bend and Elkhart, Indiana. Log on to CatanzaritFinancialServices.com. We are back with segment two, burning up the boards. First question is from Wash ND. If Ian Book plays well at Virginia Tech, and I expect that he will, and if he keeps progressing, could he be the starter at Notre Dame through 2020? Why, <laughs> why not? Why not? <laughs> why not? Because, because, they're gonna, because Phil Dracovic has to play? I, you know, I mean, we're hearing good things about Phil Dracovic on the practice field, and there's no doubt that, I mean, there's no doubt that Brandon Wimbush's days at, as quarterback at Notre Dame, whether this year or next year, barring injury, are, are, are done. But, yeah, Ian Book, <laughs> I would like to see Ian Book Continue to progress on his two starts this year and and be the starter through 2012. If Ian Book keeps progressing, keeps progressing, there's no way he'll be the starter in 2020. Because that's his fifth year and he won't come anywhere near Notre Dame if he keeps progressing. Because this ascent is out of its world. But I don't think it will just continue like this. Look, I think think Ian Book's going to have a great year and go into the spring and August as a no-doubt starter for 2019. That just happens, right? Ian Book goes 11-1. Could be a Heisman Trophy candidate yeah. going yeah. into next yeah, year. Not replacing him. I mean, I mean even the redshirt freshman. You know, <laughs> I don't. I don't look. I don't. I don't want to get ahead. Progress, keeps progressing. Is just, that's not oh even. well, that's in the question. Yeah, yeah I mean, forget. Take out keeps progressing. Just plays as he yeah. well as he's played the right. first two starts of the season. I mean, if you put his stats, you expand them out over the course of the season, or you know, compare them against the leaders nationally who have played enough games to qualify. It would be top ten in pass efficiency and third nationally in completion percentage. That's why. I, that's why I was so excited after Wake Forest. It did. It just did not matter who the opponent was. Did you see how he played yeah. the position? And then he took it to another level against you know really good competition. This might not age well on Monday, but yeah, he looks like uh, he he could not look better right now as a guy. As, who's, who's second. I would like to go back to my like progress is not a straight line theory here though because he's going to have some off no you're, oh, of you're, you're absolutely right and this would be one of them this is but, the toughest test but you, do, but you look at that second yeah you yeah. look at that second and and, and this really the, if book has a bad game it's because the offensive line wasn't cohesive in a in a difficult environment i i don't think it'll be him just flat out making mistake after mistake i'm not saying wash nd is this but the fact that people worry that the highly rated quarterback might not get a chance at notre dame you watch 40 years of football, you either start, transfer, or if you stay too long, you stink. As a backup. Backups that stay forever As long as good. the quarterback that is in place is playing quality football, I don't give a damn what other quarterbacks on that. But they all start, transfer, or stay. Right. No, you're absolutely right. I mean, you, you, want, you want to see Dracovic reach his potential yeah. as a Notre Dame football player, but ultimately... The whole goal is for the quarterback position to play very, very well. You're trying to win the games. <laughs> I mean, it's like the Myron Tagovailoa Amosa should he redshirt? Like, what? What if they play in both playoff games? Do you think they would sit him? Like, no, you're trying to win the games. That's yeah. what and that's he, all point. And if he plays this year, he still has two full years yeah. of eligibility left. Well, that's a different question for another time. Uh, a lot of whys, if you want to read it that way. J-Y-Y Jude, looking at the success Book is having in Chip Long's offense and looking at Drew Pine, quarterback 2012, and Brendan Clark, quarterback 2019, both also being pro-style quarterback commits, you think Notre Dame is going to shift away from really pursuing dual-threat quarterbacks? I I want to eliminate the term dual-threat from the recruiting lexicon. That's where I would start with because Ian Book is a dual-threat dual quarterback. Threat, yes. Phil Dracovic is a dual-threat quarterback. 
and Brendan Clark and Drew Pine are dual threat quarterbacks. Baker Mayfield and Trace McSorley are dual threat quarterbacks. The the thing with Book that is so good is his athleticism behind the line of scrimmage and then the ability to get out of the pocket and scramble for eight yards on third and seven. That's being a dual threat. If you're if you're not a dual threat, you're a single threat and you're, you're no longer being recruited. You're Ryan Willis, who was at Kansas, who has transferred to Virginia Tech. Right. It's uh I mean, would Notre Dame recruit Tommy Reese again? Probably not, because he was a single threat. You know who else is a single threat? And this is not meant to be a shot, but when I see dual threat, because they get ranked this way, would Notre Dame recruit Malik Zaire again with 37%? No. That's that's single threat, too, running. You don't develop Absolutely. all of a sudden into a great passer. Yeah. it's it, You're either a dual threat or you're not being recruited. That That's the that's where or we're Or you're the best drop back Malik Zaire was never yeah. a consistent thrower. And Notre Dame. Yeah. And Notre point, Dame, sorry. Yeah. 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 At any point in his career, Malik Zaire was never a consistent throwing, thrower right. in football. He wasn't in high school. He certainly was a Notre Dame. Uh, Dip 98, given we might see a large dose of Jameer Smith and or Sebo Flemister on Saturday, can you refresh our collective memories in terms of their skills, differences between the two, and what we can expect to see from them on Saturday? I don't think you'll see a large dose because they're not going to trust them with the situation very often. Uh, I think Avery Davis is the number. We're assuming Tony Jones is out. Otherwise, they're not playing at all. If Tony Jones can play, you will, they will not play either Smith or Flemister. They'll make the trip as long as as long as Tony Kim Jones and Williams stay healthy yeah, during the game. During the game, um, so that wouldn't be a large dose. Eddie Avery Davis is unfortunately being elevated back to the role I thought he was going to lose with Dexter Smith and Jafar Armstrong were healthy one week ago on this podcast. It's mm-hmm. a strange situation now. So I think Avery Davis gets a large dose. Um, to answer the question, I like how Smith. Runs pretty hard, and all we've heard about Flemister, because we never got to see Flemister, really. He was hurt in the camp portion. We could watch. Brian Polian and Autry Denson just said, he is 100% all go into the wall. I'm going to run through this wall. Or Chip Long has said the same thing. So you're at least not, at least you'll be happy to see that in Flemister. You wouldn't think he'd be tentative. I just don't think you can afford to play them with what's pick up and everything else. Yeah, I, I agree with everything that you said. I mean, they're similar backs. To answer the question, they are, yeah. I, I mean, as far as we can see, very similar backs. I like the way Jameer Smith has run uh, the few times that he's had an opportunity here the last couple of weeks. Tim, you're right. We have not seen Flemister much. I think there were a couple carries that I saw where he showed power and, you know, the kind of things. I mean, neither one, neither one's a breakaway back. I, I think Flemister's probably quicker with a little bit more he is he's quicker with a little bit more wiggle mm-hmm. but they're both power backs yeah it's like Jameer Smith reminded me a little bit of like a cross between like Tony Jones and Darius Walker coming out of high school where it's like the vision was good mm-hmm. and he'll get you five six seven yards but he's probably never going to get you 15 20 25 yards I think they'd love that if Right now, this game, the pass blocking sure. is the issue, right? I actually wrote about that today, and it's I, I don't I don't care how many yards they gain as long as they don't fumble the football. That's the that's the only thing that matters because Pete, you've talked about this before, and I wrote about it today. Just the number of carries that they've had, they've had at least forty carries in each of the first five games, and fifty five last week. Of of course, that includes sacks, but uh, the amount of carries, and you've said this before too, the amount of carries is is just as important. You look yeah. you can pick up you can pick up first downs through the air, but if you can keep pounding the rock and eating clock and possessing the football, that's really important. And in some cases, I think Charlie Weiss was the first one to say this. You know, that's my first memory. It was it was. I mean it, it's the number of carries that are more important than the actual yards in many instances. I think I built twenty five angry columns on the lack of number of carries for Brian Kelly's first two seasons. Yeah. So that might yeah, have been the, absolutely. Yeah. There's just no reason to throw fifty five times unless you have just a great I, all, quarterback. All it's, I all I care about with those freshmen is if they however many carries they have, just hold on to the damn football. Do you are you concerned about Avery Davis holding on to the football? Yes. Oh, yeah. yeah. Because I, I mean it's... here he is at the end of the Stanford game and he knows that they're gonna try to rip the ball out, and they did. <laughs> Twice. Yeah, that's... One time he was getting his head ripped off, too, though. To, yeah. be, to be fair. And yes. to be, and oh, to be yeah. fair, yes. he's not a natural running back, which is right. why you got to worry about ball security right yeah. now. Yeah, just... yeah. Dex- Dexter Williams, watching him run, is also a... Yeah, so I'm kind of waiting for a fumble to happen. To his credit, he hasn't, See, though. I don't... Yeah. F- I, don't no? I didn't feel that way. I thought he I thought he was high and tight with the football okay. the other day. 
I maybe I shouldn't even say that out loud before they go to Virginia Tech. But I'll sit in between I actually, you two. Since and we'll you brought it up, I actually thought, you know what? He's, he looks okay. like he's securing football. Maybe I'm well. thinking just his first run. His first run when I watched it, I was like, I mean, he's oh, he was loose with five people, but the okay. ball's up. But whatever. You know, I'm I not going to nitpick a 45 yard touchdown run. Yeah. <laughs> he he sh- he showed toughness. I love his change of pace. Yes, his change of pace where he where he probes and probes and then darts. It's it startles a defense that that quick acceleration. I think if he has four of those forty-five yard touchdown runs and fumbles once, that's cool too. I'll take Fine. it. There's if he it. fumbles, I'm going to look. Yes, Sips is going to give me. He's going to look down the way at me and say, "Opening play, opening uh-huh. play." Yeah. Right. Throw my pen down. Right. Uh, at Garrett Presley, one. If Notre Dame is going to get upset in this game, what do you think the reason will be? That's a great question. Um, I think that Ian Book has an off night. The offensive line struggles with Alex Bars, and Virginia Tech hits a bunch of chunk plays. I, I I'm not going to say in book because I don't I don't think he'll struggle on his own, so to speak. I think it would be the offensive line. I think it would be Ricky Walker exposing either one of the guards because Tommy Kramer, as I said on Monday, has got to play better football than he did against Stanford. Uh, I'm going to let Tim. Throw out some of the scenarios that he did. Avery, Avery Davis, of yep. course, is is somebody. But some of the things, that, the quirky things that can happen on the road. Right. That's this is Chase Claypool has to not blow an assignment or drop a perfectly thrown pass from Brandon uh, Wimbush that gets uh, picked off. Alize Mack. Alize Mack has to not let any of this get to him for sixty minutes and not not drop a ball when he's wide open in the flat because. He now has a history of did doing you, that. Could I have interrupt? Did you see the look on Book's face after he dropped that well, pass? That was a grade school drop. You can't. It, drop w- it was a grade yeah. school drop, and he, and he Book barely reacted, but it was just enough. <laughs> There's just enough, like, come on, man. <laughs> yeah, just plenty of. <laughs> that's a touchdown, dude. Yeah, it was. So no, there's things like that that easily can make you lose a game, and everybody thinks, well, if Chase Claypool just didn't, and I don't mean to. Look, he's not mentally in every game. That's a point. They they wanted to yeah. bench him earlier in the year because yeah. he wasn't doing what they wanted. You can always have a defensive bust. You know, I mean that. You know that can. Yeah, that can they've uh, had some defending. Yeah, right. defending offenses today is really really hard. It just takes a bust or two to to fall behind in a game. I like think this. it's offensive line coupled with pass protection for the running backs gets booked drilled at some point a fumble I mean any quarterback can fumble if there's no pass protection yeah. from a running back losing Alex Bars is huge for this game and then I think something weird the weird thing is they miss an assignment on what should have been a touchdown yeah. you know it's, it's, there's so many things that can is, happen in these is situations. Virginia Tech good at scoring special teams touchdowns yeah. or is that is that not a thing there they 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 have one block kick it was against uh, one block punt it was against Florida State kind of so far special teams in, in four right? games yeah oh they, no doubt they yeah, yeah. I they, mean, you they, know, they, they have a jersey for it. I yeah. mean, the guy who retired wears Frank Beaver's number for the best special teams player of the week. So it's uh, that is very much a what thing. What was down Frank there. Beaver's number? Number twenty five. Number twenty five. Like a rocket. I skipped ahead. So <laughs> yeah, you back. did. Yeah. Uh, at Chris Lom seven. Uh, do you agree that one of the keys versus Virginia Tech is to get hits on their quarterback, and then in the second half he'll make a mistake? Yes. Yeah, this guy is not—he's not mobile, right? I mean, he's six foot four. He's not he's a, a guy that's threat. going to—he is a single threat. Uh, now, incidentally, I don't know if this is him or him and Josh Jackson through four games, which is significant because Josh Jackson obviously moves better. But they've only given up four sacks. I'll remind everybody that last week Stanford had only given up five sacks, and Notre Dame got five sacks against them. I think it might be more Josh Jackson or Ryan Willis, Duke, Florida State, Old Dominion, William and Mary do not have Notre Dame's pass rush. No, they, do. <laughs> no, they do not. And I, and they I love, are I love the fact that he is not a guy that's going no. to. He should not escape once the the pass rush comes crashing down. If you factor the completion percentage, yardage of quarterbacks under pressure by Notre Dame's defense, and subtract the yardage lost for sacks, that accounts for fifty nine total plays that have gained thirty eight total yards. So getting pressure is absolutely critical. If Notre Dame puts Ryan Willis under pressure, they will win, and they'll probably win by double digits. They and the key I want to keep harping on it is they can get you with four. Yes, they don't have to get you with five. They come at you in waves with four people. That's the true definition of a pass rush. Yeah. So I I sort of chart. Yeah. Four man rush, five man rush, six man rush. Five man. This is just the Stanford game. Five man rush. Costello was three for three for sixty five yards. Six man rush. He was two of two for twenty seven yards. Four man rush. He was ten of twenty two for eighty eight yards. 
a touchdown, an interception, and took five sacks. So they were better so, in a four. Yeah. Because they're, they're better. They're not nickel. Right. Yeah. Well, they get a, they <laughs> get a four, they get a four man seven, rush. Yeah. There's seven guys to figure right. out where right. they are. Who do I throw to? And by the time you figure that out, Kelly Kareem's in your face. You Jerry Tillery's sitting on your helmet. You know, when we're at the game, another little aside, when we're at the game, there's so much for us to look and chart and think about and. That's people, why I love Stanford. People are it's tweeting so at slow. people are tweeting at us, and yeah, I know <laughs> they were great. Uh, but man, Notre Dame had eight men in the box a lot. They had nine men in the box at least one time, uh, and that's what that's what that's why it was such a great defensive performance because they're they're daring them to throw, and he only threw for 174 yards. That's that's impressive. That's why this defense, that's why, you know, you guys have said that the, this defense will travel. Pass rush will travel. And a finer point, this is a good question because in the second half he'll make a mistake. That's what it, it starts wearing on you, Notre Dame's defense. Yeah, I think that, the, I think that I think those mistakes can come in the first half. They don't I just to, mean the rush gets yeah. you. Oh, yeah. no doubt. Yeah. Ask, uh, ask Sam Hartman <laughs> about right, that. Right, right. Yeah, because Notre Dame has physically been, they've beaten up the last two teams because their offense has, you know, given them, Helped their defense immensely in the last two games. At training, Dave, what did Virginia Tech do defensively against Duke that could play into Notre Dame's offensive strengths? Um, well, I you know Duke threw for two hundred sixty-five yards. They, they they're they're stopping the run. I I mean I I can't just answer what happened against Duke. I think you have to go back to the week before and what Old Dominion did to them. Four hundred four hundred ninety-five yards passing with their backup quarterback. It's um, I mean, Virginia, Virginia <laughs> I Tech I want to know is, how good the rush defense is because this is kind of like, do you know what Notre Dame, Notre Dame's worst year ever in 2007? They ranked second nationally in pass defense. Yeah. It, you, did they have a good pass defense? <laughs> they didn't have anything. Yeah, you just a ran lot the ball t- against right, them. Just, it was it's not, a, a lot of times a, a, the pass defense numbers are bad for a team because you can't run against them. The only thing you can do is throw it against and them. And this team... Maybe it's just because everyone can pass I against don't, them. No, I don't think so, man. I, I don't. I don't think so. And look, their defensive line going into the season, I had them as the third, yeah, third best on the on a the bad one. I'm just right. saying that it could be skewed a little. But I don't. They're not experienced and consistent at inside linebacker, which is significant in the run game. I think Virginia Tech is good against the run. I don't know how good, and I think Notre Dame certainly has a chance to expose that in this situation. At ND Phil, as good as Bud Foster typically is, do you see Chip Long exposing this defense for a statement win? Um, I think that can happen. Bud Foster is a really good defensive coordinator. It's not like he's never had a bad defensive game. For example, two weeks ago. I mean, <laughs> you, you count that? You know. Now I did a story yesterday, and I, you know his twenty-three year career is really freaking yeah, I- yes. impressive. He had a year where they where teams averaged two point two yards per carry against them. But those those days, those big numbers. Now they were only three point four last year, and they were they were good. I mean, they gave yeah, up no, seventeen points a game. They they were good. Um, but yes, it, but even you know, and that's why I like I get a real kick out of Ian Book saying, "Yeah, this is going to be fun," you know, and it's saying with kind of not cockiness, but with confidence, like, "Yeah, man, I can't wait to attack this." I'm closer to a draw here, and Clark Lee exposing Virginia Tech. It's offense with his pass rush. I, I think that that I think that's a good notion. Yeah, I'm I mean, not, I don't I'm know. Is Notre Dame? I think I don't think we took this question, but some somebody asked me on Twitter, "Will Notre Dame rush for two hundred yards?" Uh, probably not. Probably not. I think no. they could use Jafar and Alex Bars hey, for that. Remember a couple weeks ago when we said that Notre Dame would not average two hundred yards rushing per game? Guess what? They're over two hundred yards rushing per game. It's, as far the as the pit comes to town, it's yeah. going way down. <laughs> <laughs> as far as the, the Chip Long, Bud Foster dynamic, I mean, Notre Dame beat LSU and Dave Aranda in the bowl game without Max Stefferson, barely without St. Brown, and without Josh Adams, really. It wasn't an offensive showcase, though. But I'm just saying <laughs> that Chip Long, I don't think he needs a statement win against Bud Foster just to validate what he's doing. Oh, I didn't look at it as yeah. a Chip Long statement. I thought it was like Notre Dame. Statement. Oh, yeah. I, 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 didn't, okay. I didn't either. Okay. okay. I didn't either. But Maybe I misread the question. No, no. Yeah, because no, Chip I, Long has beaten Michigan and LSU. But yeah. It, very difficult defensive struggle. Like, those are difficult. Right. Yeah. I'm I mean, just saying, if, if you can put a game plan together with, like, duct tape and chewing gum to beat Dave Aranda, mm-hmm. and then you can take Brandon Wimbush and outfox Don Brown for a half... I think that going to Virginia Tech against Bud Foster, you should be able to do that was as it, well. Last week was a statement by Chip Long. Oh, yeah, Stanford's good, too. Yeah. yeah. I, 
Last week was a wonderful game plan. Oh boy, the dialed up Alize Mack backside screen after the turnover. I think he's been waiting to use that for about uh, two 15, years. Sixteen two, two years. Two years. Is years. What oh yeah, you've what been I'm told. told. I am telling you, man. <laughs> that was like I have a guy that can throw it. There's a turnover. Everything's happening. We're home. That was beautiful. Yeah, no, it's fantastic. I mean, sold it beautifully, and that's why you see. I'm not even sure. You know, I mean, I'm not sure that we knew Chip Long was as good a play caller. It's you know, I appreciated the last his love of the weeks, run last year. Yeah, no, yeah. I, I, you know, we love that part of it, but man, you really, you've really seen it all unfold the last two. There weeks. There was one thing over the summer when I sat down with Brian Kelly. He said Chip Long is a very, very gifted play caller. A lot of people think they're good. He is, and like. Until maybe the last couple of weeks, I'm not sure that we really. It's really seen interesting that. to watch him on the sideline because, you know, I mean, they're running tempo now. I mean, they're legitimately running tempo, and so he's the, the next play is in before you know when you turn to look to see well, what's he going to send in. He's already sent it in. Yeah, he's good. He is good. He's done a really good job. Another great test this weekend. Golden Domer 73. If Notre Dame goes in and handles Virginia Tech and Blacksburg and wins with the environment being as hostile as advertised, do you think they shed the reputation that they can win in hostile atmospheres on the road? I want you to answer your own question there first. I mean, we talked about it this yesterday. I was going the other way. If they lose this game, Notre Dame fans <laughs> will never believe again. Well, they are better than Virginia well, Tech. Well, that's because you're the ultimate pessimist. But, uh, yeah. <laughs> Didn't you say that exact same thing after the Miami game? Yes. And then here yet we are again on the precipice of and believing? There's too many of them. Okay. <laughs> well, yeah, but I think I said after Georgia, too. But I'm telling you, this is a game Notre Dame has to they be able to, to handle the environment and win. Miami have was you, weird, man. Have you seen the line went up to six and a half? Yes. Same thing happened with Stanford last week. It went up and up and up, and I think it leveled a little bit at game time because it just got too high. But... That's He's three and ten on the road against ranked teams. Brian Kelly. Period. Bottom line, the la- the only win outside of 2012 was at Temple. Which Temple feels like it doesn't count. Feels like they were a decent team. Was, Temple's a yeah. good football team. Yeah. Sure, other teams are better, and they lost to those teams. That was so, a ten win Temple team. In fact, and it's not only their name fans. Brian Kelly gets a lot of this because he's three and ten on the road against ranked teams. Ten and twenty five since Lou Holtz against ranked teams is Notre Dame football. On the road. On the road. On the road, I'm sorry. Against ranked teams. <laughs> wow. That's I mean, bad. That's bad. But so let's be fair. I don't blame people for falling off the bandwagon no, every time they lose in a national right, stage. Right, absolutely. Especially really, all of O'Malley's friends that traveled to the yeah, stage. Yeah, I've ruined everything. I, did you see the list? I should publish the real list. Because yeah. I only put the, 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 the Kelly the list. era list. I want, a, I want a list of the names of the guys that have suffered through this. <laughs> the Monday Beasings only had the Kelly era. It actually, for people that read it, is a lot worse going and, back. And for the record... They are traveling. They are on traveling. I am staying with them. We had a house near campus. Here's, um, here's hoping that their travel arrangements go to hell <laughs> yeah, and they don't make it there. It's yeah. several. Uh, so it's it's quite a thing. And this, and this, Sorry, this guys. travel started, too, because they graduated earlier than I did. So their travel started in 94 when their names started to go down a little bit, too. So it's like a remarkable list of just terrible losses. It, so we can't blame it all on your friends. we got to blame it on the coaches who have been here since Lou Holtz. I agree. And That's even at the end of Holtz's... And to, in this place with, with Kelly, like, think back to the ACC, the marquee road game he's had every year. They rose to the occasion against Florida State. Right? That's fair to say. They rose to that game's level Absolutely. of play. Clemson, I mean, they came back and met the level of play after... They big, rose to that occasion. Yeah. They, yeah. Um, Texas, of course, they both teams stunk and shrunk. It doesn't count for anything. They have Angor. You don't count that game anymore. Stunk and shrunk. Last year, they completely wilted. So... Yeah. I don't think it'll be like last year, but three and ten is three and ten, right? You got to prove ten it. is is three and ten. This is a much better equipped Notre Dame football team, and we all agree that the Miami experience last year will be beneficial to them. So, well, we'll it couldn't see. be any worse. Couldn't be any worse at all. Literally, uh, a devoted Twitter follower at bman underscore twenty seventeen. Will this be the first week Notre Dame truly trails? an opponent for a significant amount of time. Has to happen eventually, right? I mean, they 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 trailed for 2 minutes and 13 seconds in the month of September. I mean, to me that that's kind of ridiculous. That's amazing because they played two top 25 teams too. Yeah. I mean, that's they played a top 10 team. And trailed against yeah. 0 minutes for against those top 25 teams. It was 2 minutes and 13 seconds all at Wake Forest. I don't think this is the game though. I think they'll trail I, just because the way. Yeah, no, but Virginia significant, Tech gets them. significant, yeah, yeah. because I don't think Virginia Tech is going to score a significant amount of pounds and uh, points unless they unless they get a pick six. I think this is. I was going to wait till the end when you guys. 
I love the under in this game. Love the under because I just don't think Virginia Tech, barring, you know, the pick six fest, yeah. turnover fest in Miami last year, I don't see Virginia Tech scoring a lot of points. I just had just just thought you said that. I just thought back to how weird that game was, how crazy it was to watch. Everything was just debilitating. You just looked up, you're like, what? is out there right now. They look like they've never... They got together in the parking lot and thought, oh, you want to play football? We'll go out here and throw some passes around? It was ridiculous. You'll never see that. You're right. That won't happen again. You'll never see that again. That that was ridiculous. For a good team. I think it's fantastic that... that I think it's great that Nordheim went through... You know, I mean, they just went through that. Everybody on this team... Except for those freshmen that you that we don't want to touch the ball. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not playing any of those guys. I get you know maybe if there's a parallel to be drawn here, maybe the Miami game is to Virginia Tech what the 2016 season was to the off season going into 2017, where it was so bad you couldn't help but revisit everything yeah. and take a hard look at everything and be like, all right, we have a we have to admit and accept that there is a huge problem here. The Three and ten yes. on the road against ranked teams and figure out how to fix it. Will those fixes work? I don't know. But if they keep doing what they're doing, they're going to be three and eleven. Yeah, I love, and the, I, I love the analogy there. That's yeah. a great they analogy. They definitely changed a lot. This like I was on a radio show and somebody's asked me like, "What are they doing in practice this week? Are they are they pumping in noise?" And I'm like, "They were pumping in noise for January lifts for this game. So this is something they've been preparing for for nine months." Did you guys hear the? I didn't hear Enter Sandman when I walked in, but did you hear the Hokies chant? It was pretty loud. In the, the, the let's go Hokies. Among the players? No, yes, like uh, the, the whatever speaker. they were blaring oh, into the speakers, oh, 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 the, the go Hokies going back and forth on both sides oh. like they do at Lane Stadium. Yeah, you know, fun. I mean, I, I, I kind of wonder, I mean, in real terms, just how much that does because you can't, Holtz I think I it. said, yeah, yeah, no, everybody you does it. Down for a week. That you was... have to do it. You, every, you have to do it. But you can't replicate the, that the own personal emotions that you're feeling because you're on the damn practice field. Yeah, Jalen Elliott, uh, I interviewed him yesterday. He's going to have a tough time getting his emotions in check in this one. Both of his parents went to Virginia Tech. They met at Virginia Tech. His family played basketball at Virginia Tech. He grew up going to games at Virginia Tech like that. This is a personal, this right. moment for him would be, I mean, for many, everybody here listening, if that yeah. happened for you with Notre Dame and you're playing for Notre Dame, for the, or going to play at Notre Dame for the first that time. That would be, I just sent a chill down my spine, yeah. actually. That would be He was really, that would like, because Troy Pride was uh, committed briefly. He doesn't care. He's like, I don't know. I don't, yeah. this has nothing to do with him back four years, three, or three or four years ago. But Speaking of Troy Pride, the last time he came in, he came in with helmet and sunglasses. <laughs> I, I didn't interview him that day. I and saw him come had, in. I assume yeah, he took him off. He did, no. Well, he, no, he did take him off. Then he made it. Uh, Statement yesterday with a white covering. I just he had a good interview yesterday though. Uh, Troy Pride actually, I'll have a story on it. He had a like mild, not chill necessarily, but he said something I thought was great. He goes, I, I didn't know the words to understand man before this week, but I love listening to it. It gets me fired up, and I, I, I love more than anything is competition in football, and I can't imagine how well, much you get fired up hearing that as a football I think player. That's I, was like, something, that's a great... I think that's I think I love that attitude, because yeah. I think that's something that, to a large extent, Notre Dame should embrace. You don't... Right. right? I mean, if you're going to pipe in the noise, embrace it. Yeah, it's fun, isn't it? Right. I want, I'm just hoping there's some way of us getting out there and listening to it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's a, I, if I was running a college football program, I would just go with, like, it's a privilege to play in these games. Like, yeah. The fact that somebody cares that much about you coming to visit them that it's going to be their biggest home game in years is really cool and just have fun with it Lou Jack 1947 of all the Notre Dame teams since Holtz this one has the best chance to win the title it's the most complete team top to bottom true or false uh too soon to say I mean can, can we can we revisit probably what we're having on the discussion we're having in this podcast this time last year or this time in 2015 when it was well, I think the 2015 team would beat the 2012 team, and boy, that 2017 team, I think they would really take it to the 2015 team, and it just we just don't know, because there may be, like, I think that we know there are some weaknesses with Notre Dame that other teams have not figured out how to exploit, the nickelback position, uh, what happens with Alex Bars being out, running back depth, we just don't know yet. I will say, we don't know, but... For, to compare the 2015 team, this is a much more well-rounded team and deeper because we always reference the joke about me loving Will Fuller after the Pittsburgh game. Yeah, We also said on that incident analysis, the three of us sat there, we said it off-air and then said it on-air, this defense isn't winning anything in the postseason. There's no, They're not at that level. Yeah. And I, we even said, if they draw, literally said these words, if they draw Ohio State, they're getting lit up. 
and that's what happened in a non-playoff game. I mean, yeah. we knew that 15 was one-dimensional. No, These are one-dimensional a, now with Book. It was one-dimensional and it was Wimbush. I mean, that wasn't a... Last year. I'm that, saying last year. That wasn't year. an average defense. It was... They were bad. Right. I mean, they, and they got they got worse than... There's nothing bad here. The special teams should regress. No, that's regress. why... I, 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 Pete, I hear where you're coming from, and it's... Oh, yeah. It's a good perspective, and... You know, Alex. My first thing I was going to say was Alex Bar. You know, we haven't even played a game without Alex Bar yeah. yet, so we don't. You know, we don't know. Yeah. Uh, the nickel is a, is a huge problem. You can lose a game though and still be the most complete team of these teams we're talking yeah, about. Yeah, well, there, I right? mean, you might. Sure. You know, yeah. you could have to go back to Brandon Wimbush at quarterback, and then you, then you're not the most complete team since whenever. But like on paper right now, all things being equal, and book, you know, and Rulin being. The second oldest guy on the the offensive line now behind Mustafer. At least you have that going for you. And, you know, maybe with all the experiences that Houston Griffith is getting, that it, it will click in. Yeah, we talked about a lot of, about that, the three of us, yesterday waiting around for people not to come in. Was uh, The nickel's a problem. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the nickel's a problem, we've man. Been saying that for, <laughs> know, we've been saying that for a couple of weeks. I mean, they don't have a nickel bag. They don't, they don't have a nickel answer right now. Which makes you wonder, you know, I mean, Coleman just can't, Nick Coleman can't, the former corner, you know, having been around and experienced some success, some and quite a bit of failure, it's it's surprising. Still their best nickel is Julian Love, but then they're weak in the corner, and so they, they obviously don't want to do that uh, because Stanford, I guess, would have been the first time that you, you did that. And this is not a team that you have to gamble, like, make that gamble with. You know, I will say... This is getting a tangent, but the 2012 team was pretty complete. They had a good running game. They had good offensive linemen. They had Tyler Eifert. They had uh, a decent quarterback. Colson was pretty good that year as a redshirt freshman. Special teams were good. I mean, Brenza, yeah. Brenza was outstanding. Right. They were. I mean, you had to. Br- I mean, you had to bring Reese in. To, yeah. to bail him out. I mean, I, yeah, but he, yeah. he was good. Reese no, did he a good was, job. Yeah, I mean, no, he did. A, he did a depth. good job. He did a good job. I don't. You guys spend so much time making. They ran into a buzz. I mean, man. there's so much time <laughs> made comparing. Well, the question and is I, comparing. I know. No, I no. I'm saying. Yeah. I'm just saying. People in general. Oh, it's yeah. I, I. Am I making a statement about a, the two generations younger than me? <laughs> I think I am. This is Lou Jack, this 1947. Is, I, just, <laughs> I, don't, I don't spend much time comparing because right, it right. just. It doesn't really matter to, to it what's does, germane right I, now. You know what matters to comparing is June Monday musings. So you have to compare. I think if you if you swapped <laughs> true, out true if you swapped out complete with balanced, then I would be like, yeah, I'll go true on that one. Good call. Balanced complete makes me think it's like top to bottom, outstanding, very high end stuff where they don't have a nickel. Yeah. Whereas I feel like and Notre, yet their depth is better on defense. I feel yeah. like yeah. I feel like Notre Dame is this is a very good. Notre Dame team at almost every position, uh, with their pass rush being better than very good, but I, in terms of like dominant, complete, I, I don't know. I, I I have a hard time going there after this weekend. I might have a less hard time. Okay, going there. you guys. My one prediction for today is under, under, under. It was fifty four. It's yeah, probably it's moved down. It might have moved down. I'll look. Well, Pete gives his prediction. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I mean. <laughs> All right, so beginning of the season, I, this was a loss for me. It was either Stanford or Virginia Tech was going to be a loss. I didn't really know which one it was going to be. They beat Stanford, so they're going to lose at Virginia Tech. Um, however, I have eyeballs, and I've watched Virginia Tech, and I've watched Notre Dame, and it's, it's, I, can't, I can't do that now because I think Virginia Tech is, is not nearly as good as what I thought they were, and Notre Dame is better. So I have Notre Dame 26-17, which I think would fall in line with your under, right? Um, Absolutely. I don't think Notre Dame is going to move up and down the field like they have the last couple of weeks, uh, but I also have a very hard time seeing Virginia Tech score a lot of points. I think Ryan Willis is going to be under a ton of pressure, and ultimately that that's going to be too much to overcome for Virginia Tech, and Notre Dame will win the game. I think it will be a balanced attack, but I, I think we'll be talking a lot more about Notre Dame's pass rush on Saturday night and Sunday and next week than we were about Ian Book's performance. It's 56 and a half, by the way, now. Just checked. So it went up. It went up. Yeah. But I'm still under two. Yeah, I had Notre Dame losing this game by a point as their first loss. Um, lower scoring than I'm going to go now. I think Notre Dame wins and covers is what I want to get across with the prediction. So I'm in the 30 to 20 range. Um, I do give Virginia Tech either a touchdown or some short fields for points with something that happens 
that hasn't been happening to Notre Dame, the turnover that's costly, the special teams play that's costly. Uh, and I, but I think Notre Dame can get some short fields with that pass rush too. This is, I mean, this is a road game against a ranked team, and I have Notre Dame winning by 10, so the apocalypse is finally upon us. God, no kidding. <laughs> no kidding. Um, what was your with score? My, with my what friends was your, going. What was your score? <laughs> 30 to 20. Okay, my score is very close to Samson's, but not quite. I definitely have the under. I had Notre Dame. I thought I had Notre Dame winning by double digits at Wake Forest, but I didn't. But I did have them covering, and I had Notre Dame winning by double digits against Stanford, and that proved correct. And call me an idiot, but I'm likely to predict a double-digit win on the road at one of the most difficult venues <laughs> in in the country. But I just, but I, but I'm right there with you guys. I don't, I don't see Virginia Tech scoring a whole lot. I don't see Notre Dame scoring to the level that they did in previous games either, just because of the situation, offensive line, what have you. Uh, but it looks like all three of us are picking Notre Dame to beat Virginia Tech by, you're not quite double digits, Pete, you're but, up, but up covering. I, I hope nobody goes back and watch O'Malley and I's pregame from Miami oh, last sure. year because sure I think we both thought. I mean, this feels like <laughs> this feels this like is, that. This is the most confident I've been in Notre Dame going on the road since <laughs> yeah. the Miami game. I was thinking it as I made my prediction. I believe I picked Notre Dame to handle them by ten points too, <laughs> which they almost did. If they just would hit that one pass, Tim, that, you know, oh, that yeah. would change everything. That would have changed everything. <laughs> All right, everybody, we really appreciate you joining us. Um, we appreciate the Irish Illustrated subscribers. If you listen to our podcast and you don't subscribe, come on, man. <laughs> um, but we appreciate it. And we'll, if you want to blame anybody by traveling friends since 1994, are 7 and 17. I blame them. I want names. I want names. Expose <laughs> I will. The if, they lose, if they lose, I will. <laughs> All right. Thank you, everybody. We'll, we'll join you in Blacksburg, O'Malley and me. See you then. Thank you for listening to the Irish Illustrated Insider Podcast. If you enjoy our coverage of Notre Dame football, please consider supporting the podcast with a small donation. Go to irishillustrated.com slash support. Your support will help Irish Illustrated continue to be the leader in coverage of Notre Dame athletics.